ಮಂಗಲಾಂಗಲಾಂಬಕ್ತಾಬೃಂದೇಭ್ಯೋಸರ್ವಲೋಕಾಯಮಂಗಲಂ So picking up where we left off last week in our discussions of Kali Puja um, <clears throat> I think this is our sixth, sixth discussion And we're moving along slowly And what we did last week was The Guru Pranam We discussed about the Guru Dhanid saluting the line of Gurus the karashuri the purification of the hands and the pushpashuri purification of the flowers in the small book the next section is kar puja jwari dravya shuddhi purification of the materials of worship this is expanded in the larger in the more elaborate pujas there's several different things that are kind of absorbed into it uh, so actually we, we, we this whole section is about purification we mentioned last week that that uh most of puja is purification right and and uh so this especially the next section it's going through different categories of purification that i think um it's what the reason we do all these programs with <coughs> excuse me i mentioned there's uh, removal of ancestral obstacles the fencing of the corridors removal of earthly obstacles removal of heavenly obstacles purification of the uh, of the deity purification of of the the paraphernalia of worship then there's um uh uh shuddhi purification of the elements uh, we so far we've done ashana shuddhi kara shuddhi uh pushpa shuddhi all these different purifications so what it, the reason is going through all these um uh categories or process of purification because in the tantric literature in order for puja to work they say in order to, in order to work purification has is is found is fundamental and it, and and the the um the tantra tantra shastra has mentioned specifically six categories of purification and we've hinted about them but i think if we just start with mentioning those six categories of purification we'll see how each one of these is satisfying those different things right uh, first is we've gone last week or two weeks ago we did stan stapana or purification of the seat or perfect we said purification of the earth purification of the asana purification of the place so the stan stapana means purification of the of of the place stan means place right uh, uh, and so of course what makes a place pure right of course we what do we do we make a place pure we clean right we purify things like that but also places in the scriptures the bhagavatam mentions different different uh, krishna says to uddhava um what makes a pure place so uh, one place one thing that will make a pure place is where pure people live where there's chanting of the vedas where uh, the atmosphere where there's um cows roam naturally area this, i think it describes where spotted antelope jump right these are 
right? Uh, where you hear the Vedas. Um, uh, these are different different things that make a place pure. Uh, some places, you can see, you know, like you go, some places are, I mean, we don't want to be judged. The problem is that in spiritual, we're trying to develop spiritual qualities like not being judgmental, right? But when you're doing, when you're doing certain spiritual practices, you have to be, you have to use judgment, not be judgmental to see what's pure and what's impure, right? You have to be careful, right? Uh, in order to, to do the spiritual practices that allow us to transcend uh, the tendency to be judgmental, we have to also be a little bit judgmental in the beginning, careful. We have to use our discernment or discrimination, right? So M in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Srimad Darshan, a book called, the, translated as the Apostle, no, M the Apostle and the Evangelist. It's an unfortunate name, but it's originally called Srimad Darshan. Many, many volumes. Uh, somebody wrote down what M did to Sri Ramakrishna. He did this, Vidyatmananda, uh, I think, is his name, did to M. Wrote down page, I mean, volumes of, of journals of M's discussions in his old age. But he would also say, like, like this is it, that we have to, um, that first, we, this, um, um, uh, what is it called? That's the term, uh, sadachar, right, with good conduct, good behavior, good. Uh, he says that's the beginning. He said, we have to, we have to think, oh, What's clean? What's unclean? What's useful? What's not useful? What's helpful? What's what's uh, what's a, what's an obstacle? What's how to remove an obstacle? Who's good for who? Whose association is good for me? Whose association is bad for me? We have to be a little bit discrimination. Uh, uh, maybe discern. I think the word Swamiyamvikan has been used. Discernment is maybe a better word. We use the word discrimination has a negative context in modern usage. Right, but discern, discern may be a better term, right? To discern between what thing, and and also like what is, uh, uh, yeah, what is useful, what is not useful, what is good for me. So, uh, so similarly, in, in for the sake of puja, in order to do puja, uh, you have to be considered what's auspicious, what's clean, what's a pure place, what's uh, the proper place, right? We can go anywhere and do puja. I mean, we could, I mean, theoretically, everywhere you go, you're thinking of God, that becomes pure. You know, you can live in you can live in heaven on earth if you have the right consciousness. But it doesn't mean that you go into like a, a slaughterhouse and do Kali Puja or, 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 or you know, it's like that's not the proper place. It's a horrible place. The place is by its, by its very nature is impure, right? To do a pure, a pure thing in an impure place, it's, it's the scriptures use the example of pouring ghee into, into ash, right? Nothing happens. You know, it's like, it's like we're, oh, no, no, we, we will make it pure. No amount of ch chanting makes such a place pure. The place is the stopping of the impure activity. It makes the place pure. Right. And in years and years and years of time, right, that slowly, slowly, the, 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 the things can be changed. So you have to, that's what, that's what it was, uh, the first consideration of stan, shuddhi. But then, like in the temple, what do we do? There's, there's a vastu, and the temple is established, or even in your, you have a home shrine, what do you do? You clean the place, you choose the proper place, you look at directions, which direction should the deity be, which direction should different be. You, you plan like that, You've, you make a beautiful altar. Right, you decorate with the altar cloth. Right, you you put your beautiful deities and flowers and 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 and, and uh, lamps, incense, all these type of things slowly purify the place. Mentioned the scripture, even the presence of um, a, a conch purifies the place, a shriyantra purifies the place. Right, even certain holy items purify a place. These are part of that purification. Right? And so, of course, once you have a pure place, then you clean the place and you have everything clean. And then there is further from gross to subtle. Then you start by 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 um, uh, the purification of the earth, rakshadakshum. That's why we mentioned all these things. Purification of the seat. This is and also this is the place, right? So stan shuddhi. Next one is called um, dravya shuddhi. Dravya means these uh, paraphernalia, the objects we use in worship, 
So obviously, I mean, we don't we we're we're using we're offering pure things with pure sentiment, hopefully. But the items we use to offer them are also pure. And so you you see, like here, we spend a lot of time cleaning and polishing, right? Every month, every piece of every piece of copper and brass gets polished. Very takes a family of uh, four to six people about six or seven hours sometimes to polish all of our brass, right? Uh, um, it's tremendous work and also expense, you know, to do that. But everything should shine or should be clean. But also cleaning, it's one way, but then things, uh, clean, cl clean, as we talked about, cleanliness is not the same thing as purity. It's the first level of purity. Right? We have to start with pure, with, with, with clean, pure um, uh, object. But then there's a fur further purification, which will, will that's the next mantra that we'll, we'll chant, is the further purifying with sprinkling of water, chanting of mantra, certain ways of looking and thinking about something. And so what is it that being, but what, what is the thing, once you've polished it, it's clean, right? So what is the fear of the replication? Well, one thing is we see it wrong. We're not seeing properly. We're seeing what's, we, one of the definitions of, of something being of impure, like impure water is water plus something else, right? You know, water itself is always pure, but you add something else, we call the water impure. It's mixed, right? As soon as, you know, once you remove, you filter out that which is not supposed to be there, which, that which is not water, you end up with pure water. Right, so same thing with with material things. What is it we're seeing? We seen we're seeing things materially, right? But actually, things aren't material. We're material. We're thinking materially. We're seeing materially, right? Everything is at, at essential at its foundational level is spiritual, right? And so we have to see it spiritually. You see it materially. What, what we're adding is something that's not there, right? And so it's like filtering water. We filter this whole process of ritual is to filter our material thinking out, right? The classic in the, in the Vedantic tradition, we use that uh, example of seeing a snake on a rope, right? You know, it's like, so there was never a, there is never a snake, right? There's always been a rope, right? So the rope is a pure, the thing itself is, 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 is purest form is, 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 is the rope. We see a snake, right? So we're not seeing it properly. We're mistaken, right? So the impurity that we're removing is not just, you know, dirt and dust and, and uh, corrosion and uh, what, what, what happens to brass. It, I guess what's the, doesn't rust. Uh, hmm? Oxid, oxid, yeah, it oxidizes, right? You know, through a chemical reaction and it changes, you know. But so it's, that's one thing, but we're not seeing it. Right? We actually saw what it was. Everything we talked about, you know, that we do a cup of water and we draw a yantra and we fill it and we pour water and gange each other. What are we seeing? We're seeing it as kundalini, right? We're seeing the cup is a, is a universe and the, and, the, and the essence is kundalini. Right. This is we're seeing it at its most I ideal, true true sense, right? In in in, in uh, Jewish mysticism, there's one line that I think about a lot. It says you take things up to their root, right? Everything you know, it's like, and we even the Gita describes the, uh, the upside down tree. The roots are the imperishable tree. The roots are in in, in the sky, and and the, the branches are down below. The the foundation of everything is in the absolute. Right, so you have to bring everything up to its root to see it at its real, at its most real, its most uh, 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 essential nature. So dwara shudi, right? And so we polish it, then we also sprinkle it with mantras. We do mudras to way to. We believe that this astrally, energetically, mantrically changes and purifies it, but also we by changing our consciousness towards it, we begin to to see it properly, right? Then there's Atma Shudi. Atma, of course, Atma means the self, but Atma means many things. Atma, 
even in the Gita, the word Atma means self, it means soul, it means Brahman, it means Krishna, it means the body, it means the mind, it means the senses. The same word can be used, right, according to its usage and where we have to understand how it's traditionally used. So here, Atma Shuddhi means purification of the body. Atma here means body, right? That's the external level. So again, we bathe, right? And what we do, we bathe, we put on clean clothes, hopefully ritually pure clothes. That's another category of thing. We wear auspicious and purifying, energetically significant paraphernalia like beads and kabachas and uh, um, bashma and tilak and the various things like this. This is the whole level of purifying the body, right? Of course, atma is not just the body. The body, the body in one sense, is never really clean, right? In the, in the, we mentioned in our classes on the yama niyama some years ago, a couple of years ago, that the uh, one of the for the principle of, of uh, saucha cleanliness, it mentions each, each, um, what is it? Each, each yama niyama has a siddhi has the perfection one attains when one becomes perfect in it. And the perfection of purity, of cleanliness, is to be kind of grossed out by touching people's bodies. It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird siddhi, right? But, and, and, and so Swami Lachrindu mentions a very beautiful, his description of it is very nice. I mean, nice uh, the way I fully, first time I, I began to understand. He says, so you, you take a clean, you, t- you wash yourself really well, and you scrub yourself with a good soap, with an astringent soap that peels all the oils off your body like that. And then you clean your bathtub really clean. And then you fill it with clean water. And then you sit in it for 20 minutes. And you get up and you look and the water looks dirty. So you're clean. You've scrubbed yourself and you realize your body is actually not clean. It's constantly giving out impure substances. Skin and oils and sweat and all these things are coming coming off the body. right? So if you still begin to think, if I'm being so clean, over, perhaps even a little bit fastidious, maybe even... By all, my friends are thinking I've become a fanatic and not touching anything and bathing five times a day, whatever, you know. Right? It's like, in spite of that, I'm actually really dirty. Right? It makes you a little bit nervous about other people who aren't, <laughs> who you don't see wash their hands <laughs> or take bath regularly or clean their clothes regularly and like this. It makes you very, a little bit, and therefore that's one of the cities is to be a little bit, uh, kind of burst our little view of, 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 of the, the nature of the physical body. That's one thing is that, uh, um, that, uh, uh, so that that's um, uh, so washing the purifying the body is at that level of pure, purity, but the body can never be really clean. There's a problem. So really, it's the mind that has to be clean. Like we know, we always say, "Oh, purified body," then you purify the mind. What are the pure? What are the pure? Of course, you say, "Oh, a pure mind is one who you know doesn't think any dirty thoughts." That's one way of you know, you know fil- yeah, filthy mind. <laughs> filthy boy <laughs> right because that's one that's one way of thinking right you we can think like that but also in 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 mystical literature the real impurity and this will be brought up as we get to mana shuddhi which is a separate thing you mentioned actually we'll we'll bring we'll fold it into there so uh, atma shuddhi is first of the body oh thank you thank you first of the body then of the mind and then ultimately goes further into into the the self Right, but the, the self is always pure, right? But so, just like removing that which is imp- that which is not the self from the self reveals the purity of the self. So then we have a process called Buddha Shuti, which is the next coming up. We probably won't get to it today. We'll probably do that next week. It's really the most important aspect of of, of, of puja, and all these preliminary things are actually aspects of Buddha Shuti only, right? 
that we purify the, uh, uh, the self or the elements that seem to cover or condition the self, then we see ourselves pure. We see purely, we, and our conscience becomes pure. Stan shuddhi, dwarvya shuddhi, atma shuddhi, then chitta shuddhi. That's uh, purification of the mind. Right? And so in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says in verse, chapter 10, verse 10, or verse 11, something like this, 9, 10, 11, the famous three verses, that it says that the thought, first verse 9 says, Machita Magata Prana, the thoughts of my devotee think of me. Right, that's the first, this is a, these are, this is a great symptom, right? The, uh, and here, devotee, in a certain sense, this is a, somebody of a pure mind, somebody whose devotion is awakened. The thoughts of my devotees dwell in me, right? And they always, um, uh, uh, and they, get, they, they derive great happiness in talking about me. And enlightening each other about my glories, right? Uh, they 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 talk. So this is what when devotees meet, they talk. We talk about God. You talk about God. If we share. We talk about God. And and tushyati uh, ramanticha, and one gets great happiness, satisfaction from this discussion, hearing about God, talking about God. So since the symptom of devotion, a certain level of purification, right? Then the next verse says, Krishna says, to such a person, then. Then I uh, um, buddhi yoga. I connect their mind with with me, right, right, and dwelling within them, I illuminate their mind with the light of, of consciousness, right. This is the this is the, the the dynamics of of mysticism right there. Think you think of God, great happiness from that thought, and then from within God illuminates, and so this the the a way we could take that very specific. Uh, teaching of the Gita and universalize, we find that in all religions, oh, God's within the light of consciousness. This light, the illumination has to happen from within. This is from within their own mind, within their own heart, I illuminate them. So that's a foundational principle of mystical religion, mystical interpretation of religion. God dwells, the truth dwells within, the self dwells within, God dwells within. right? But we don't think within. And the problem, we open our eyes and we see without. Right, you know, and God's not saying I shall come with a light from without and show you and 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 show you and illuminate you. External light does not illuminate us. The internal light illuminates us. Right. So, uh, yogis have interpreted real mental purification as the mental impurity is thinking something other than God, but some, but not just like oh, I'm thinking of Krishna, I'm thinking of Mom, I'm thinking of Jesus, not about you guys. That's not what. That's not the only thing. That's a practice, perhaps, of way internalized is the mind has to be internalized not externalized. We're thinking externally, we've lost it in a certain sense. But how to think externally, we cannot, it's very hard not to think externally, because thinking is about external, right? Our, the, our, thoughts and, our, thoughts and our thoughts are based on our, the contents of our thoughts, of our thinking is based upon our experiences, right? Our experiences are based upon what the senses bring us, and the senses are pointed outward. That's their, def that's their nature, right? So it's a very difficult situation. How do you think about internal things? That's not what thought's for. We think about external things. We think according to what the senses bring, and the senses are not pointed inward. They're pointed outward. So that's what they're designed. Eyes are meant to see what's outside, not what's inside. Right? So what do you do when people try what they do? They, they close their eyes. Right? What is that? That's a very strange thing to do. I want, I want to see, so I close my eyes. Right? Because you're not trying to... The problem is seeing outside stops us from... You can't say seeing what's inside because you can't see what's inside. Seeing is an external action. Right? By not seeing then maybe you can, something will show itself. When you stop seeing, when you stop hearing, when you stop touching, then maybe you'll see, you'll, can't use that word, but you'll perceive, maybe that's a better word, something different. 
right? Uh, the, uh, the, so the real, the real internal or mental impurity is just, you could say thinking outside or thinking, but or thought. Thought itself is in a certain type of impurity. Swami uh, Ramdas, I quote this line, he says that all thought is dirt. That was his definition. <laughs> thought is a type of dirt. Of course, there's clean dirt and there's, there's, we use, if you're dirty, what do you do? You take, we use soap to clean ourselves, right? But actually the, the Vedic word in the Bhagavatam is, this is earth, mud. You go to the river and still I do, and we go to, we bathe in our, and, and we go to, to the Sangam or to the Ganga. You know, you're not going to use soap in there. You could make, it's not good for the river to use soap in the river. Well, you do, you take soap, you take the mud from the dirt and you use mud. That's the equivalent, right? So you're using dirt to clean yourself. Right, so we use certain one thought to, to purify from another thought, right? So we think thought of God, thought of the mantra, thought of these divine things, thought of that like we do it in, in puja and meditation and study and scripture and in discussion like this, will help purify, make our minds more subtle, purify. Uh, but still, that thought is still, it's still mud. You don't use the mud from the Ganga to, to purify and then go out covered in mud. Right, you know that. I mean, you can do that, but eventually you want you need to wash. That's another type of bath, I guess. Right, you take the Glen Ivy and cover yourself with <laughs> a very nice mud or something. Right, uh, but then you wash that off. So, uh, or Sri Ramakrishna gives an example: is you use a thorn to you take a if you have a splinter, you take another splinter, or another thorn, and you take that splinter out. Right. So that's ah, oh, thank God. Right, but you don't take that splinter and stick yourself in, and leave it in there again. You need to take that other splinter. You took the first splinter off and you throw it away. Right, so he says that you take Shramakrishna that you use the the uh, the thorn of knowledge to remove the thorn of ignorance, and you throw both away. This is very sublime theology and idea, but you can. It's also true of, of everything. It's like you use one thought to remove thought, right? To remove the you use subtle to remove the gross. But the the point is in subtle thought, right? Is it, it, it's, it's it's because thought itself is a type of impurity, right? It's the thoughtless. Kept, I don't want to use these big terms that don't have any real. Uh, experiential meaning like thoughtless state or something but there's we've discussed these things and everybody here knows a little uh, has, has an orientation towards this but pure consciousness pure awareness in which thought appears that's the the the, the purest the purest form of thought manashuddhi chitta shuddhi so that's chitta shuddhi or manashuddhi so but also manashuddhi or chitta shuddhi is that's a very sublime vedantic perspective of the thoughtless consciousness awareness before the uh, awareness prior to thought but let's get practical it's like we, to think to even to hold god in the mind right to hold like to, like like there's part of the pujas that you'll see where we're holding we put a flower in Koma mudra and we recite a dhyan mantra right it's like oh like for we, we think of uh, uh um, the Dhyan Mantra for Kali, she, she's standing upon a Lord Shiva on the cremation ground, facing the, facing the south, with four arms, freely flowing hair, and this hand she holds this, and this hand she holds that. She has a necklace, you know, the, the, describing the Dhyan Sloka, right? It turns out that's not easy to think, right? We can visualize. Some people, some people have, are better equipped to visualize. I'm not a very visual person. I don't, that's not, uh, I'm not that... Uh, Skill. That's not one of my internal skills. People have really visual minds. Other people have sonic minds and like this. I, I that's what the mantra is for. I say the mantra like that. But still, to hold, it's actually really hard, right? You can visualize. You can sit there and, and daydream and imagine all kinds of things. But actually, to hold the image of the deity, the deity is not a normal image. It's not. A, it's not a normal experience. 
week. It's not like oh oh I can remember what I did. I can I can think I, I can close my eyes and remember somebody I knew from from elementary school, right right. But I can't do the same thing to Kali because I don't remember her, right. It's <laughs> a problem, yeah. right. She didn't go to my high school. <laughs> turns out <laughs> my junior high school. If she did, I didn't. She was way too cool. I, I wasn't in her social group, right. <laughs> So I didn't have much experience. So to hold these spiritual, to hold the images, even the the images and the thoughts of, of the divinity that that we're that we're invoking and meditating on is actually really hard. And so that requires a type of uh, another type of pur- purification of mind, a very strong, clear, and very subtle mind, right? Manushuddhi. And so in puja, Manushuddhi is is demonstrated with the ability to. To concept to uh, meditate upon the, the the rupa, the form of the deity, being, the different deities being worshipped, and then another aspect of it is called the uh, manasa puja, where the whole puja is done mentally. Right, it's hard enough, believe it or not, to do external puja, ring the bell, chant the mantra, to do this at the same time, or not, you know, <laughs> to do all the things you need to do to do puja is complicated enough, right? But to do everything mentally. Exactly, and so there's different types. We haven't got to the dhyan, the manasa puja, but manasa puja, one form is you do everything you do externally. You do you imagine doing it, right? That's actually quite hard, right? You know, uh, but that's one type of manasa puja. Another type of manasa puja, then the, the items are done. All the things that are done in puja are done by tattva. Like you don't offer a flame; you offer the fire element, right? You don't offer for food; you offer chitta. Right, you know, it's like you know, so it's, it's like that's not easy to conceptualize. We can't even. I mean, take. I can take. I can give a lecture 20, 30 minutes on what it may be is meant by the word. Ch- what's the equivalent in English for the word chitta? Right, even that's not easy. What to speak of now? Offer it in meditation as a food offering, you know, it's like or or, or flower offering or whatever the, the thing is. So so the 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 manasa puja. I mean, um, um, uh, chitta shuddhi, that type of internalized, very subtle, very pure mind. Is required to even do some of these processes of puja, right? And those processes also purify the mind. Also, then the fifth category of, of purification is mantra shuddhi, and that we'll get to today, hopefully, the section of the purification of the mantra and what is it, how a mantra, what, what does it mean to purify the mantra? The simple thing you could say is to chant properly, and clearly, and with proper pronunciation. That's one one thing. We'll go into that. We'll get there. I don't want to get off track and have to repeat myself again. And then, then there's murti ashuddhi, which is the purification of the deity. And of course, the deity is pure, right? Of course, there's some things at the beginning when a deity is installed, a statue or an image or a yantra is installed, there's all kinds of things to purify the substances of the image from all kinds of subtle levels of impurity. And let's see, what, last time we did something like that here when we installed the Nishingadev deity that in the, lives in the pillar, jump back into the pillar after jumping out around the corner. Um, um, where we had it, you'll see that the deity at first is, should be made purely of a pure substance, bought properly, paid, you know, all those different levels of pure, purity to get. But then the image is, 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 is submerged in all these different items. It's submerged for a week in rice. It's submerged in a week in, 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 in grains, in sugar, in salt, in water, in milk, in honey, in ghee. And, and, and sand and earth, all these different type of things, right? Each one is believed that it's pulling, like even like you can, if, you're, what is it, if your cell phone falls in water and you put it in rice, 
Somehow, it's a mysterious, mystical thing, but it absorbs. You can save your cell phone, right? So similarly, the, 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 it, it pulls all these different different aspects of pulling. And then with that extremely, when you've purified all the levels, the koshas, of even the physical murti, only then the, is the deity installed, right? Brought into from a very pure substance, then, then the consciousness, the prana, pratistana is done. And that's when you install a proper deity the first time. That's why the installation pujas take days sometimes, you know? Uh, weeks preparation it takes months sometimes right but the actual ceremony also takes so long but we do this daily right what do we do we we clean the shrine we wipe her down right we, we clean like, like that's one thing but also in puja we sprinkle her right there are certain mantras that are used to sprinkle the deity and and there's we'll describe as we get there what is being purified right uh, um uh, even there's one, we don't do it all the time, but I've seen in Vaishnava temples at the end of the full puja, right? After the whole thing. And we also bathe the deity. That's another, we actually bathe. We take a bath, we bathe the deity. There's all kinds of levels of meaning for that. But at the end of the whole puja, they take the conch, right? That we have the bathing conch like that. And they wave it a few, three, four times over the head of the deity and put it back. And I, I've, I've seen this and I was investigating this. Oh, this is part of the um, Murti Shuddhi. It was told by some Omkarnanda in, in Northern California. He says that subtly, he says that, of course, the deity is God and is a form of God and cannot become impure, but still is an energetic thing that the, the, the Pujaris understand and experience, that just all these people all day long coming and, 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 and kind of throwing their stuff, <laughs> right? Ma, please take this, and all, all that type of, the, that type of uh, energetic transfer like that, that the deity is absorbing so much, right, right? But still, of course, God's ever pure, ever pure consciousness. But the but the murti itself takes on a little bit of some some vibration, some dark vibration of that, you know, some karmic residue or something. He says that by we wave over the head of the deity. This mentions in Tantra Shastra, mentioned in the uh, uh, um, Vaishnava literature also, the Vaishnava Tantra, that this purifies of that. Or this is also one of the categories of murti shuddhi. So stan shuddhi, a place. Uh, dravya, dravya Shuddhi, the articles, Atma Shuddhi, body, and deeper, Chitta Shuddhi, the mind and consciousness, Mantra Shuddhi, the mantra, and Murti Shuddhi. When these six categories, these six categories make up to make purity, right? And only from purity, and, and so we start, all the things we've done is, is been going through different aspects of these six. So to understand why we're doing all these ridic seemingly ridiculous things, Right, and and I can spend, I can spend. I mean, I have spent. I've spent six weeks so far, so far talking about these things. Right, we can another six weeks if we're not careful. <laughs> I have a tendency for this because I find this very interesting. But but this the reason be because it says in this, with on this only can proper puja be done, right? And so some level simple puja, people in your home would like. I went to a home today in a little closet the front door they had a little and they were a little embarrassed that their takor is in a little tiny closet by the front door right you know not in a beautiful temple in the center of the house they said no no takor said in the corner is also they have at least they've given a corner and that corner they keep clean pure you know they, they decorate they, they do they do you know that's their that's as much they can and they live in a house with a kid running around it's not exactly a pure a, two, a, a six a six months year old does not lend itself to a ritually pure environment <laughs> but they've kept that little bit they've kept pure Right, so uh, that's where they do their puja, you know. So similarly in the temple, we have the whole from from the, from the outer edges of the property have to be kept clean and pure, right? Whatever the situation is.
back to the So Divya Vigna Nivarana. This this Divya Vigna Nivarana. Vigna Nivarana means removing of obstacles. Like Vigna means like Vinaya uh, Vigneshwara, the Lord of Obstacles, right? Ganesha. So Divya. Divya means divine. The removal of divine obstacles. It's a strange thing, right? But here Divya here would be celestial obstacles, I guess you would say, or astral obstacles. Things coming from um like we've done things to remove to protect ourselves from like lower, lower type of energies, demonic or ghostly or uh, asuric, those type of underworlds. I think, but there's also problems from the, from the overworld. I guess you would say, right? Like we hear so many stories of of yogis doing something, and then the apsaras come to tempt them, or the uh, gandharvas come and cause some mischief, right? That there's uh, 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 so that 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 type of thing that there's there's. Uh, categories of energies or entities, angelic type of beings perhaps, uh, uh, in different realms or just in the upper parts of the mind, higher thoughts that can a difference that are more subtle than we normally think. We can take it psychologically or or or, ex or, or externally, but they can also cause problems, right? And you see in all the stories what happens, right? Not only apsaras like that, even Indra, the king of the gods, he causes most of the problems in the scriptures, right? <laughs> Somebody is doing something, Indra's like, oh my God, I'm going to be, I'm going to, uh, uh, uh. he gets, if, if Swami Ambikananda succeeds in doing his puja, I'll lose my position in heaven. <laughs> I, better, I better make some problem for him, right? Now, it seems ridiculous, but that's why it's Indra. You can you know whose fault it is. Now, Indra has been maligned quite a bit, and in Vedic times, Indra was the king of the gods, literally king of the gods, and as other deities became more predominant, the other deities got... Um, uh, uh, the stories got retold where Indra is no longer a very uh, able-bodied king, right? We also have similar experiences. Um, but, uh, uh, but the story goes actually, there's, in, 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 in the Uddhava Gita also, Krishna mentions something like this. When one begins the path of renunciation for a monastic, then he says that Indra thinking, oh, right, uh, 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 that he's, I'm, I'm gonna, he's going to become higher than me. I shall, and therefore he creates, he sends obstacles, right? Now it's a strange thing to say, what does a sannyasi or a monk or a sadhu have to do? But actually it's taken the commentaries and these verses themselves mentioned that the devas, to which Indra is the king, the devas we believe as, as Purana-believing Hindus, right? as Baba-believing Christians or Purana-believing Hindus, right? We believe that, that there's devas in, that are controlling the elements and the, and the seasons and like that, and Indra is the king of such deities, right? We don't have, I haven't met anybody that has legitimate, vi uh, uh, reliable, and trust trustworthy uh, evidence of any of those facts, any of these facts. The texts say it, it king, Indra is king of the, of, of the deities, right? But we do have, the devas are also considered the senses, and that's, the Vedas, I mean, the Puranas themselves mention that. Even in the middle of the stories about about uh, about Indra and the and the devas mentions, the devas are the senses also, right? So whatever they exist, we believe they exist externally, but but we also have a bunch of devas called the senses, right? And Indra is the king of the senses. This is the ego, the predominant, our seat of conscious seat of awareness, and the senses and the sense of self that the senses support, right? That the the uh, the, the ego or the, the the simple ego, right? 
does not want to be let, let go of its position, thinking, oh, if he transcends the senses or she transcends the senses, I'll lose my position, right? So let's cause trouble, right? So this is another type of this divya, uh, uh, um, uh, vigna, the op divine obstacles, heavenly obstacles or astral obstacles. Maybe from actual spirits that create some problem, higher spirits like Gandharvas and, and the like. Uh, or we also have equivalents in our own mind. They don't have to. The thing is, they don't, nowadays we don't need the devas to cause trouble. We cause our own trouble also. The two worlds have collapsed, right? There's a funny, it's a little edgy, but funny uh, thing somebody asked Swami Shivananda. We hear that Ramba, who's the famous, the Gandhar, the, the Apsaras, is uh, uh, Ramba and um, Minaka, hmm? Ramba, and there's one more. Um, Urva, Urvashi, right? We hear, oh, somebody's yogi's coming and Urvashi comes and tempts them, right? <laughs> this is the thing. These, these, I mean, these, these are very beautiful <laughs> upsaras. For the right personality type, they may have some lure, you know, right? Uh, uh, we all have the... And so, so he asked Swami Shivananda, how come this doesn't happen now? He says, now we, they don't need to come. Right? Any, you know, just turn on the TV. There's a million... <laughs> so many things can attract... We don't... The, the, Indra doesn't need to send... These the highest quality Gandhar, uh, upsetas and Gandharvas, you know, right? It's like any 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 boy will work, any girl will come, any any stray thought takes our mind away. They don't need to have dramatic. We don't need such dramatic. Uh, 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 the big the, we don't need to send the big ones. Any little thing comes, right? Like our problem is not is is not Ramba and Urvashi. It's like every every silly stray thought that comes in the mind takes the mind away. Every passing person, right? Everything we click on, everything that's in our news feed takes the mind away. We don't need, uh, we don't need such heavenly uh, distinct distinctions anymore. So, anyways, uh, and in this, uh, this is a very, very simple. In in puja, what do we do? We look up because this is we really think of the upper worlds, right? We look, we 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 look up to the heavens, we up to the astral world, up to the angelic realms, and we chant the main mantra for the deity. Right here is Om Hring Om Hring Shima Dakshina Kadikaya Devi, and we look up the simple act, right? Because because they may, there may be astral worlds full of angelic and bothersome beings, right? Devas and Gandharvas and Apsaras and 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 um, uh, what are the other ones? Siddhas and and I'm forgetting the whole category, a whole bunch of categories of of these beings mentioned, right? Right, but. We can look past them all, right? That's the thing. We can look above heaven, above those worlds. We look directly towards Ma, or we look we look past them, or through them, or at their reality also, or just remember and also just going to putting the mind in that realm and thinking of Ma immediately destroys, right? She destroys any any lower things. She also transcends any astral things. Om ring ring namaha, and then. Then there's a thing we clap our. You probably have seen us do. When you do this, you you you're snapping or you're like this, right? What you're doing, just like, it's like um, and and you use the word putt. We mentioned putt is a very aggressive. They go putt putt putt, right? What it is doing, you're you're removing things from the three realms, right? And we have many realms. There's 118 worlds in Kashmir Shivers. There's 18 worlds in, in in classical Vaishnavism. There's all these different categories, but generally we say three worlds. Right, that's a common thing, and that's our world of our normal world of experience, right? The kind of astral mental realms, and then the heavenly, even above that, the heavenly realms, right? The three worlds, 
Tripura Sundri, Tripura, there are all these, we use this word Tripura, the three main realms, Bhurva, Swaha, these are the first three. But actually the real mantra, Om Bhurva, Swaha, Maha, Janaha, Tapaha, Janaha, there's many, many more worlds. We mentioned the first three is sufficient. That's the three of our, oh, we have to go beyond heavenly, we don't even know what that is, this is beyond our experience. And so we, we really, we, we, we're removing any obstacles and sealing and, and, and destroying with, with an aggressive sound and an aggressive mantra, an aggressive mental attitude, the three, uh, to the three levels, pat, 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 right? And then the digbandana, then digbandana, dig means uh, directions, right? The ten, we, we think ten directions, the eight carnal or cardinal, cardinal. Cardinal, cardinal direction. Cardinal is different, I think. <laughs> we have the cardinal directions: east, east, north, south, west, south. You know those the direction. And then there's two extra above and below, right? So you see, usually we snap. There's, we usually don't. You know, we snap like this, but we're snapping with the ring finger. It's a little different. It's a little different. So I don't know if it's why exactly. There must be. There may be some reason, but I actually don't know the reason, right? Where you snap, you go putt. And then you move each direction, putt, 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 putt. You've seen this, right? And then above, putt, and below, putt. Sometime I've seen people do the first four, putt, 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 and then they do the, the, the middle ones. I think it's just style, you're looking cool. <laughs> There's some cool people on the Hudu Puja. They, they don't do everything. Even though they, 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 there's six things, there's still opportunity for style. <laughs> right? Artistic ability, even within the form, you know? Um, so, uh, so that's so. What are these ten directions? So these ten, the ten directions. One uh, simple understanding of this is that that the, we are we're, we're fencing, right? Digbandana uh, um, means it's uh, it's sealing, bandana, see, uh, locking the 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 ten directions, right? There's ten directions where things can come, and so. It's like here, if we're going to do something private, what do we do? We let's go close. If you tell somebody you have a car conversation, well, close, first close the door and then we'll talk, right? And we do like that, isn't it? Anything private, we do. We some, if we can, we go to a place where we have a little privacy and then even like a little extra level of privacy, close the door, right? And if it needs more, lock the door, right? It depends on the level of intimate of intimate intimate connection is how how much you have to be, protect, and so. Puja becomes a very intimate thing. We need to close, even though we're doing it publicly sometimes, but we're not, we're living a, as we've talked about, in 118 worlds and thousands of deities and, 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 and entities and underworld entities and overworld entities, everything. We need some privacy to do this, right? So we close. And one of the, when you fence something, when you, when you lock a door, a couple things you're doing, you're actually keeping outside, outside things out but you're also locking things in, right? You're also, that's another thing. It's like, if I lock the door to have a conversation, I'm keeping anybody from bothering. But I'm also like, this is like, no, we're, this is, what we're saying is between you and me, not between anybody else. So it's also keeping what's inside from going out. You know, like again, keeping the outside coming in and inside going out. And also when you create a, 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 a when you, when you, um, Invoking a shakti and the, the puja, the energies of the puja needs a you're making a container, right? And so you're also gathering your fence. Part of fencing is to is to squeeze. You take something and squeeze it together. In a certain sense, you begin to give it a, um, a, a parameter. You give begin parameters, and then you can close and you can you, you create some power in that. 
right? You know, like what's the difference between a balloon and the air? It's been a, air inside of a balloon has been enclosed, right? And and you can you can heat it and you, and, and, you know, and if you then you can explode it even. You know, there's, there's so much potential by by that that enclosing of something, right? Also, it, it cre you're creating in the sun couple we mentioned. You have a place in time, a uh, place in uh, you. You mentioned where you are in time and place and lineage and name and astrology and all these things. Similarly, you create a a, a yantra. It's like in a yantra. We don't, well, you know, we don't have the big yantra in front of me right now, but you can see the yantra over ma, the Sri yantra. There's always the bupur, the square, that the, the gate, or the uh, and there and the, the the four main points. You may call those gates. Right, and there's deities in each one of these gates. The four, then the eight, above and below also. Right, in the fire pit that you guys are sitting behind, behind you, there's a fire pit. Also, there's, it's it's a square that's fenced. That you don't just, it's it's not just a hole. We build a fire. You act, there's walls to it to hold the fire in, right? To give it definition and and and, and distinction. So similarly, when 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 you're doing puja, you're sitting at the bindu of a yantra, right? And by and by this uh, directional consciousness and, and, and it's like that you're creating you're, you're orient yourself into the center you're building a yantra around you right and that yantra around you and, and what we do in a yantra we start at the outside and move in right so there's certain that we start in the outside and we we you know all the different things and we and slowly we move in to deeper and deeper parts of the meditation and puja we're going deeper to the center of the yantra but first we have to create a we have to create the sacred geometry the sacred geography both simultaneously, right? And these directional deities, there's also deities there, right? And we probably know the Digpala uh, deities. There's uh, presiding uh, in, in classic Hinduism. There's different lists, but the general list, let's see, where are we? This is East, right? So East is, anybody know what deity? We'll, we'll, we'll start. Indra. Indra is the king of the gods, so he represents the primary direction. Indra, then Agni, fire. Yama, which is death, which is interesting. Why that means so is the south. The south is considered a little bit inauspicious, right? And that's why you put certain deities like Kali, Hanuman, Bhairava, they face the south, right? Them looking towards the south, they keep death away. It's interesting that even directions how you, or generally here, we, when we built our new temple room, we couldn't arrange it so Ma would face this way. It just wasn't, didn't work. We tried, that we worked really hard to try to, but this, most temples, this is the way she, it's oriented, east, west. But for a Kali deity, specifically it should be in the north facing south. Dakshina Kali means south facing Kali. Hanuman also faces south, and, and Bhairava also faces south. Interesting, our Kali, our Bhairava, and our, and our Hanuman don't face south. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> right, they have their own, it's, she, Ma's developed her own uh, geometry for the way she faces. But so that's south. Then, then this is um, uh, um, Rakshasa. The demon, demonic, chaotic energies come from the southwest, right? That's from that corner. Then from the west is Varuna, uh, uh, water. We have a river there, very auspicious. We have a we have a water source at the, at that source, right? Uh, Vayu. Uh, then Kubera, god of wealth. This one Ishana means Shiva. Shiva sitting in the Ishana Kone. Right, Shiva's, and as you see, usually we see like in a duni, the trishul's put in the south, in the north. What is it? North, north, uh, northeast corner. Thank you, northeast corner. Ishana corner. 
and then Brahma below and Vishnu above, or the other way around. I'm forgetting this now. These are the, this this these are directional deities. Now we see we actually they're they're there, and each one's their weapons are also mentioned. The deities are invoked; their weapons are also mentioned, right? But also it's another so they're protectors. But they're another thing is that when you start thinking direction and in consciousness, what does it mean? So in Shaivism they have this idea also that when when the pure content of Shiva expands, it expands as time, space, and causation. Right, that that the, the whole creation or the whole manifestation is conscious expanding. When it expands in perceived as a realm of space, right, it's it's direction. It's it goes into the, as if the direct, even though there's no direction in consciousness, but expand. And so the energy of expanding different directions are these different gods, right? And, and so that so the very so it's very interesting. The yantra is very very deep, obviously, but the the, the it's the expansion of consciousness conce- conceived in space. And so these are, and so Indra, and Agni, and Vayu. These are these are um, they. These gods all have other meaning and other functions in classical Hinduism. But here it's like the very expanding of consciousness itself into time and into into time and space. So very big thing. But the simple thing is invoked and thought of even with the simple act of of sealing the quarters, right? And also we can think of like we're also putting weapons in each one. We're we're we're, we're locking each each one. We actually on the outer skirts of the temple, we have trishuls all pointing out, right? You probably haven't noticed them; they're subtle, but they're there. If you look around, you're like, "Oh, you may have hit one with your car and knocked it off the wall." <laughs> <laughs> Some of them aren't there; they're going to be glued. People have <laughs> hit the wall. One of the things that falls off, you hit our wall. The little trishuls, you know, we have to redo them. The idea that we're sealing this place from anything inauspicious coming, any ener- any disturbing energies coming in, right? We also have deities at the gate. We talked about the deities of the doorway. Right. If you look, we have Lakshmi and Saraswati. But on the outside, we also have a horse and, a, and a, uh, an elephant. This one, one Tantra Guru gave us instruction. These are the these represent certain the protective deities in uh, 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 in Lalita Chipurisundari's army. Right, they're the martial things, so they keep anything anything that's not supposed to come in, they don't come in. We have Ganesha facing the front gate, right? Keeping he's keeping anything out. That's nobody, no nothing, no one can come in without his permission. Right, these are the type of things that we create. This is that simple act of of, of digbandana, uh, right? Bumi vigna nivarana, removal of earthly or terrestrial uh, obstacles. We've already done the rakshadakshan, but we've done all that stuff. There's something else where we t- we take the heel of the left foot. You've probably seen this. Go put put put, right? And according to the uh, whether it's like in a Kali temple, we use the left foot. In a Shiva temple, they would use your right foot. Right, so it's a difference of Shakti and Shiva, Shiva and Shakti, Purusha and Prakriti type thing, and and uh, and actually, this whole process, when there's six, there's another another list. There's a, there's a list of sixty four items in deity worship, and called Seva Puja, right? Mentioned the Bhagavatam and another text like this, right? And it starts from waking up in the morning to going to sleep at night, and everything in between that's done for the deity, right? And one of the things is like when the gate, when the temple is first unlocked, right? The, the, so we do think that the doorway to unlock the gate and to enter this type of thing. And when, when, and when, when, when you first step foot into the main temple room, right? The priest will then tap, enter and tap with three to remove any anything else before even entering over the doorway, right? Uh, so that's done as as part of the daily. Uh, all these different points, but all those things 
have been absorbed and folded into sitting sitting here. I do all those things. Not only when I enter the room, and when I when I enter the temple room, and we do different different things. All those things, in case we've missed those things, right? In case we don't have such gates and deities and locks and all these type of things, uh, we still do them because it, it, we're supposed to do them when we sit at the, at, the, at at our at our puja. All right. So. so the, uh, so removing anything, any terrestrial or um, uh, earthly or earthy, underworld, elemental type of obstacles, right? Then, amtarosala uh, vigna nivarana, removal of heavenly obstacles. So again, we've, we've, we've done terrestrial obstacles. There's different categories. Now it's heavenly, heavenly obstacles. Right, and this we do. We take a flower or a kusha grass and we sprinkle up, again, like that, with Om Astraya Pat. Astra means weapon. So we're it's like like Pat is not necessarily a weapon. Pat is a mantra. It has a particular quality to it. it has an effect. But when you add the word Astra to it, your weapon. You know, people. Have, you know, we have this thing. We weaponized. We we have there's there's uranium and there's weaponized uranium or something like that. Something has been in a way that's been used that can be, can something can be done with it. That's so the mantra put has been used literally as an aggressive weapon, a mantrastra, they call it a mantra, a weapon mantra, right? Om astraya put, and we sprinkle water the same way to remove or destroy any inauspicious uh, um, uh, or subtle disturbance, right? Devata and puja dravya shuddhi. These, this counts as two of those Shudhi uh, purification uh, standards, categories of the paraphernalia and of the deity. Right? We sprinkle water on Ma and the altar, and the um, Ma, the altar, and the paraphernalia. And we usually do this with the using uh, the, the also Om and Pat, but with the Bij Mantra of the deity being worshipped, the main Bij Mantra. So an example here is Kali, that her main bija mantra is Kring, the Kriya bija. So Om Kring Pat, and you've probably seen where we sprinkle Om Kring Pat, and Om Kring Pat, Om Kring, you're sprinkling different things. So we're purifying the deity, the statue, as we mentioned, there's subtle things that happen in the statue. Not only are we supposed to purify, wash her, and clean her like that, but subtle things, astral, absorbed, uh, um, by being even looked at, with impure eyes and people, uh, the karmic transfer that happens, we mentioned that that can be purified. Um, then the, the same thing with all these different, um, the altar and different pictures and then the, the paraphernalia we're using. And back to bringing up things up to its root and seeing things where they are. Actually, Ma is the deity of Kali. It's pretty obvious she's Kali. Of course, she appears like a statue, but she's Kali. She's not a statue, she's Kali. Right and the all the holy things on the shrine they're also this is a big surprise they're also kali, right? And all the paraphernalia we're using the flowers and the pot and the water and the candles like that they're also kali, right? That's the thing, right? And therefore that's why the mantra of the deity is being used here, right? You're actually seeing where we believe the mantra is is charged with this. The, the, the mantra of Kali and the aggressive mantra put and then we sprinkle in it and like a weapon and it's destroying and removing any inauspiciousness. But what's the inauspiciousness? It may be some some devotee here looked at her wrong. Like and, it, and then you have this drishti type of thing, right? Maybe we're cleaning that, right? 
but also we're looking at her wrong. Even if we're seeing, oh, we're not cupping her thinking some negative, oh, what type of horrible pagan goddesses, deity is some <laughs> deity is this, right? That's not not like that, or 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 Ma, please take away all my sins or like that. Maybe it's just we know she's Kali, but we're but we don't see Kali, we see a statue. We don't see we don't see holy yantras, we see pictures. Right? We don't see we don't see Kali, we see stuff. A pot, a water pot, and like you know, people look oh, very. They have nice puja things here, <laughs> you know. Not like you know, like we we are not we're not seeing pro- properly. So what? Is, so that's that's the drishti, that's the inauspicious sight. We're seeing things. Even we're looking, we're trying, we're looking at spiritual things with devotion. We're not seeing things properly. And we sit for puja, we're not seeing things properly. We have to see things. Actually, the lamp is ma, the water is ma, the seat is ma, the image is ma, the mantras are ma, the the paraphernalia is ma. We have to see it properly. And a lot of the things we're doing with mudra that we'll do as we go along is to bring out what it actually is. And then we see for what it is. Like in the, in the Bhagavatam I mentioned, Krishna says, how, how do you worship the Ganga? Right? There's mentions all these, there you can you worship. You, there's different things. Says, I'm worshipped, Krishna says, in, in the Ganga, in the sun, in yantras, in images, in the self. He mentioned all these categories. And he describes the distinguishing feature of each one of these pujas. So me in the sun, in, in, the, in the Ganga, what do we do? We take water from the Ganga and we do tarpan. Right? tarpan. We, we worship the Ganga with Ganga water. Right? That, that, that's a very significant thing. So that's actually what's going on. Right? We're worshiping Ma with Ma's things. Not just Ma's things. Things is also a mistake. At least that's a way of correcting the fundamental mistake. You think, oh, these are all hers. Right? That's better than these are mine and I'm going to use them in my little worship for Ma, you know, like, like, it's like they're hers, they're her thing. But that's better, it's a, way, it's a correction thing, but they're, they're, not, they're not hers, they're her. Everything is hers, right? That's true of everything, but we can't, it's not easy to think that. And maybe we can try, the, and actually the, the idea though, everything is Ma, this is not a type, we, we talked a little bit today with, with Madhuri, this is actually not, this is not a, we can sometimes think, oh, this is my spiritual practice, this is not sadhana, this is the result of sadhana. Right by in in your in your actual sitting meditation, your worship and puja, then you think of ma. Then you have to think this, right? And the result of that, then the rest of when you open when you think that in closed eyes, then you see. Then the result of that is you see it with open eyes, right? When you see that in puja, then the result is in everything. You mentioned Swami Shivananda never. They said Swami Shivananda never knocked over a glass or, or broke his glasses or knocked over a pen. Everything was so full of content. He could have been. Oh, I have to. This pencil's God. Right, but he knew who God was. He saw God he, through years of tapasya, right? As a result of which, then he saw that the pencil was God, right? So this is the result of sadhana. But in puja, that is the sadhana itself, right? And we sometimes say everything is sadhana, especially sadhana. So everything is puja. That's okay, especially puja. Puja is really puja. Sadhana is really sadhana. Meditation is really everything's meditation. Okay, we can talk like that. That's a big. The thing is, we can talk like that and never do real sadhana. Everything. I don't do puja because everything's puja. Right, I don't, I don't, I don't go to temple because God's everywhere. Like that's okay, but if you can see, it's a, it, it, because it's a, what they're saying is true, and therefore there's some benefit, there's some shakti to it, because at least they're saying something that's theoretically true, but it's not experientially true. Experience, the people who said that, you know, that, that that's the highest. This is this is the result of, of the highest realization, not the beginning feel good idea that we absorb a few a few philosophical things from India and absorb it and make it our own and and use that to justify not doing spiritual practice and actual. Changing, right? This is the, this is this is what happens. So 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 so, 
this is a process of actually seeing the things that we're using in puja as bringing them ritually through meditation, through mantras, through concentration, seeing them as divine. The result of that, hopefully, the result of that is we begin to see everything. The truth is about everything. Um, Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami. I'm embarrassed. I don't remember. I mix their writings up a lot. My I haven't haven't been haven't studied them recently, so I'm, they're not distinct in my mind right now. So the Jiva Rupa Goswami <laughs> in their literature made a comment also that first you see God, first you see Krishna in the temple, right? right? Then you see Krishna in the hearts of the devotees, right? And then you see Krishna everywhere. Right. This is a problem because this is the problem. You see Krishna where he's obvious, right? Right. So because you know, then you know what to look for, right? Like Sri Ramakrishna said that while air is everywhere, you feel it in front of a fan, right? You know, so so you know, oh, this is air. But if you, if you don't know what air is, you're only experiencing air. You're only touching air. You're only. But if you don't know what it is, you're experiencing it, but you're not experiencing it. Right. Obviously, we're all experiencing air, but if you don't know what air is, you have no, you have not you're not consciously experiencing anything, right? But if you know what, but once you once you know what air is, like something distinct, like a fan or somebody even blows, like, like that, then you can see, oh, that's everywhere. Once you know what it is, and you can then you can see it everywhere, right? So there's a, there's a, there's a process, a science of understanding directly a direct personal experience. Uh, puja is one such thing. Meditation and puja and sadhanas, these are the the methods that are given, right? So, uh, so purifying is is also the purif purifying our own wrong attitude, right? Our aggressive, our our um, our uh, drishti, proper seeing. Abba George, he said in one place, he says, and he has a book called Namakripa, the Mercy of the Name. It's a collection of of these statements about holy name, very beautiful, very inspiring. And he says, those who think that I have a, that uh, name and God. Are, 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 that, that God, no, what is it? That God's name and God's form are name and form. They've fallen from reality. Right? He says, name, God's name and God's form are not name, nor their form, they're God. This is his point. Actually, God's name is not a name. Name is something that points to something. Right? Indicating God's name is not that. God's name is God. And God's form, oh, form is something that this, you know, we know what form is. I can give a whole lecture and, 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 and but but actually God's form is not a form it's God God appearing this way perhaps as our limited reading of it but the proper reading we see it as God and the form of God is God is infinite it's not it's, it's not and to think that it that that it limits God that's the wording those who think that to name God or give God a form limits God by falling from reality that's the point right actually God's name and God's form is God this is the way we have to understand that right uh, and the other example I've used, I think about a lot, is I've told uh, several times from uh, Neem Kurli Baba, somebody said that, oh, by saying Ram, that's limiting God. God's infinite. And Ram is a name and a form and a story. right? And so then, then he let the conversation pass a little bit and not answered his question. But he said, can you please bring me some water? And the boy went and got him some water. And he says, I didn't ask for a glass. I wanted water. And to the person's like, like, what do I do? I'm not, how do I... Right, you know, it's like the glasses. It's, I didn't ask for a glass, right? So similarly, it's like, but there's no way to bring Maharaji water without a glass. That's the way. That's so to say. Oh, that that glass is limiting water. So actually, if we say things like that, but we're actually quite foolish to say such things. They reveal. That's the glass of water is water, and it's revealing water. You're, so the the names and form these things are not limiting God. They're the revelation of God, 
right? From that, that's the way at our present moment, this is the way God's come to God, God's obvious. This is the fan. How we feel how we feel the air. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually doing pretty good. Mantra <laughs> Shuddhi. Also, then we do kring kring kring, and then we do a, a called Denu Mudra, and we, and we we the deity and everything we do with this mantra called, and we chant the mantra kring, again the beach mantra for the de, for the deity. We'll talk about that mantra later, right? But this Denu Mudra, very cool. Denu, anybody know what Denu means? You know what that? Hmm? Utter. It means a cow utter. Denu, Kama Denu, the the cow, the cow, the wish fulfilling cow, right? So. And we'll go into mudras at another another time. We can just talk about mudras one day. It's a very fascinating topic. But a mudra, one of the things that mudra does, it expresses an intention, <coughs> right? And it also expresses a, an intention that we don't know how to express. Like we know certain mudras to express. You know, if you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to cuss somebody out with this, uh, with a simple uh, uh, show of the finger, we know we've been trained culturally to do this, right? Or we can be angry or, you know, all these different things to express humility and greetings and anger and upset or, or, or cursing or whatever we want to do, we can do as mudras. But there's also mudras that express feelings that we may not know. We don't know what they look like in our hands yet. Right? But we can connect those. So one of which is, this is the feeling, this is the intention, turn to nectar. Right? This is the, the intention to make everything nectar, right? to amrita. Right is is that that's actually an, that's actually an internal bhava that can happen. This is just like it's like uh, saying I greet you with, with 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 respect. Right, that's something we've we've, we've connect. We know what that is, and we know this is one way to do it. Right, but turn to nectar. This is one way to do it. Right, this is a way of invoking, uh, 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 pour, pouring, converting something into nectar. So what is it we converting to nectar? Actually, we're pointing towards Ma to the deity and to all those images. We're doing and with the mantra kring. Kring is a mantra for, for Kali herself. And so the nectar is Kali herself, right? And nectar amrita is both nectar and amrita means immortal amrit, not death, right? So everything mrita, mrita is another name philosophically for material materiality. Everything created, everything has a beginning, has an end. Everything that comes together is pulled apart. Right, no, no name, no form, no experience, no thought, no feeling, nothing, no, no body, no universe, no creation itself will last forever. Everything is constantly changing, right? It's coming into being, existing for some time, decomposing, and disappearing, right? Transforming and disappearing the six main changes of everything, right? So amrita is not that. Right, so so we can say, oh, like we drink the amrita, then we attain immortality. This, these are these are popular ways of consuming, or the nectar of immortality. But that nectar of immortality, the nectar that that uh, that uh, the the ambrosia immortality is the experience of that which is unchanging, right? Which is beyond time, the transcendent, that which is beyond time, right? Anything within time is mrit. It means it create, it starts, lives for some time, and is destroyed, right? And transforms to something, perhaps, who knows, right? Every anything. Right, including the statue. The statue will not survive. We'll take care. We'll take as much care of it as we can. Right, right. And who knows? Hopefully, hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, it will survive. Who knows? Right. But eventually, not only this temple, but this culture will be a a a a, a, um, a, a line in, in in bedrock. 
right? The future future uh, archaeologists will the whole the great American culture will be a line of sand, colored sand, right? <laughs> like we do, we're looking back at ancient cultures. It's just everything, you know. It's like I mean, nothing will survive, right? So it's not amrita is not that. It's the it's a transcendent in which everything it's a, it's the that which is beyond time and space, right? So when doing that, we're trying we're making every that or seeing it as that, infusing it, washing it, uh, um, um, soaking it in that in that consciousness. We want the, um, the 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 eternal to shine through, amrita. But visualize what we do. We can what we pour like milk of the cow, <laughs> the milk of immortality, the milk of the 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 nectar, uh, the ambrosia. Of, uh, of of this of this uh, um, of the of, of the of, of immortality of the immortal is not the right yeah, immortality is not, uh, of the timeless or the the reality beyond beyond time. So I think we we will get the mantra shuddhi. So mantra shuddhi is purification of the mantra, and this is done in many different ways. And so. One of the ways mantras are pure or impure, right, is one of the ways a mantra is pure is by having hearing it from an authorized source, means initiation, or some guidance like initiation, right. And so that's the first thing. So one thing that makes a mantra impure is having not received it properly, right? Because then then the power is not fully there. There's something. So uh, uh, and so this is true especially of bij mantras. Uh, Mula mantras generally that we get from guru like that, but the bij mantras especially are considered not awake until they've been until they've been received initiation. And the example that's given again and again is that of a banyan seed. A banyan seed, you've seen those huge, gorgeous banyan trees, right? You ever see the seeds are like mustard? They're like a mustard seed. They're tiny little seeds, right? And so that means think about it, that little tiny seed has within at least potential. There's other things added to it, obviously, but. The potential for that huge banyan seed is in that seed. Banyan tree is in that seed. And that banyan tree will produce in its life tens of thousands, if not millions of seeds, each one of which is potential to create banyan trees. Each one of those potential to create tens of thousands or millions of seeds. Or if you think about it, within that one little seed, the potential is seemingly infinite from our perspective, at least unlimited or unending. Potential is there, right? But if you take a banyan seed, I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm being correct and a botanist will correct me, but I, I believe this is true. It is true of many different types of seeds. But if you take a banyan seed and you plant it in the ground and water it, you don't get a banyan tree. Right? That's not the way banyan seeds work. Right? Like many seeds, they have to be eaten by a bird. Right? And then it goes through the digestive system of a bird and it pooped out. Right? And then the banyan seed will come. I, learned, I first learned about this in Boy Scouts. I don't, I'm, I, and and, and, and I'm, in um. Joshua Tree, a Joshua Tree camp, camp out when I was 10 from Boy Scouts. We, there was a, 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 a ranger who gave us a little, a little lesson, and, she's, and, she, and she was looking at different types of scat, a different type of coyote droppings and, and raccoon droppings and things like this, right? And I mean, trying to give some education. We were like, oh, gross, you know, but still, <laughs> the point is there. And you see, it's like, like look, it's full of seeds. This, this, this coyote had eaten so many, and he says, that coyote, I know, ate this type of bush. This type of bush that eats these berries. And this bush only will reproduce if it's eaten by a coyote. Right? So this is why we're, we're very protective of coyote. We, if we lose coyotes, we lose this tree, this bush. We lose that bush, who knows? I mean, the, the effects may be long-lasting, very complicated, right? But the coyote is required. 
right? Uh, otherwise, the potential of the seed is not whatever whatever happens to it, the external things or something. I don't know the the science the science the science and biology of it, but similarly, it says that these certain mantras, these certain bij mantras, especially that without having been heard by heard by somebody and received properly by somebody and going through their system and therefore being given to you, right? This is called diksha, right? The, the shakti of the mantra is not awakened, right? So the, the sound is there, but there's something missing. There's some little thing that makes it living that's not there. Like a seed, the seed is there, but there's something in it. The potential, it's all there, but it's not awake. It, it won't germinate. It won't split and, you know, whatever happened, the internal magic that happens within a, within a seed that makes it grow. Right, so that's one thing that that uh, the shudha, the shuddha, the purification of mantra means it has to be heard properly, and an impurity is not being heard properly, right? And that's one way. Another thing is is not being said properly. Mispronunciation is also can be obviously this is a, a big thing, and especially true of Vedic mantras. Not only the pronunciation, not only pronunciation, but intonation, and rhythm, and the swaras, all these things are proper things. We've many times and was uh, at our ashram where the, you know we're chanting some mantra, the boys attend the mantras, and we have a Sanskrit, uh, the the Veda teacher, Veda Chari, who teaches our kids. Right, you know, it's like hey, he stops in the middle of something. Yeah, he has some one mistake. They're, they're pronouncing it correctly, but the swara is wrong. You know, because you're studying these things. You know, that more almost more important than pronunciation is the sound, is the is the intonation. Right, these are another things. So in tantra in tantric puja, there's very few Vedic mantras that are chanted. We have Mahamrita Jaya Mantra that we chant, we bathe, Shiva Lingam, Om Tad Vishnu Paramparam, that's from the Vedas, Om Ganantwa Ganapatikam, that's from the Vedas. But most of these mantras are from the Puranas. So they don't have the, the, the science of swaras. So the, the intonation is not as important. Right? But still, pronunciation is important. That's one type of impurity. There's all kinds of other subtle impurities that happen in the mantra. One is that, um, uh, uh, say that. It says, in, I'm, I'm quoting from Shastra, from Tantra Shastra. Uh, um, I don't have the verses, in, I can't remember the, the text, but I remember studying these texts. So, um, so I can't give references right now, but I remember the, I can see the pages in front of me. So I, I know it's in a real book, you know, in, old, in, in Tantra Shastra. That one of the things that happens is that we, like when there's birth and there's death in, in Hindu tradition, there's, there's a type of ritual impurity when somebody dies and somebody is born, right? So after somebody dies, according to the relationship, people can't do pujas, can't enter a temple, priests can't, there's all kinds of things. There's, there are things to purify from that, like, um, uh, uh, um, like when, when Haradanji's uh, mother passed away, he, one year he didn't, go, he didn't enter the temple, right? Yeah, but when 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 but but he came here and did puja, right? The Dakshinish as a puja and the Dakshinish temple he couldn't do, right? Here, but to come here and to do a puja, even though he was in that ritual impurity second, he did certain rites to purify sufficient to do these pujas. So there's something you can do to even purify this type of thing. And also with birth, there's an impurity that happens in the house and the body and the relation. There's it's a complicated thing. We don't always think this way, but this is the way it's been understood in Indian tradition. That there's a ritual impurity that happens with birth and with death, right? But we recently were born, right? You know, not that long ago. I was born roughly a little, a little under about forty-seven years ago or such, roughly, right? So that was actually in the big cosmic scheme. It's a lot. Not a lot of time has passed since our last birth, right? So the the result of the of the impurity of our last birth is still with us, subtly, 
what's that result is here I am, <laughs> right? In physical embodiment, physical and in conscious separation from God. That's the result of our birth. There's an impurity from that, right? There's a ritual impurity from that, right? And where did that, but, but there's also, death also has an impurity, right? And the only reason we were born recently is that we also died a little longer, ago, a little bit before then, right? <laughs> Some time ago, maybe, maybe 51 years ago, or maybe 500 or 5,000 years ago, we died. And the result of that, obviously that cannot be a very, it wasn't a super auspicious death because the result of that is rebirth in a, con, in a physical body and conscious separation from God, right? This is the result, right? So there is some residue of our birth and our death. And so it's considered that that even makes a month, that, that impurity makes our chanting also slightly impure. It's interesting. That's mentioned in the scripture. That's why, and to justify this practice, this is why I'm bringing it. It's kind of a strange thing to say, but I'm just saying this is what the scripture says. Another type of impurity that happens in mantra. So one of the ways to, so the way you purify a mantra is, of course, by receiving it to initiation properly or, or, or being authorized by a senior person uh, to understand it properly and chant it properly, to pronounce it properly as best one can, right? And to use it correctly is also, to use a mantra, the inappropriate mantra in the wrong place is also considered, like you can, like in the right setting, you, if, you, if you use a bad word or a, 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 a that doesn't seem so bad amongst friends. There's a, there may be a way even to, to use it where it makes sense. But an attempt to use the word here would be, oh my God, everybody gets shocked. Right? Because the word is being used in the improper, in the impro improperly. Right? So it, it's not impure for, in one situation and, and impure in another situation. So an impurity of being used improperly is to use it, to purify it, is to use it properly. To say the right words in the temple you speak a certain way. Right, with your friends, you speak another way, perhaps. Right, maybe we shouldn't, but maybe, but still, that's it's not appropriate. And so, not everything is speaking appropriately, using the words. So, using the mantras properly, correctly, authoritatively after initiation, saying it correctly, and cor for the right purpose. Right, if I use the wrong mantra, wrong purpose, then it's not that's that's also an improper use, and therefore an impurity in the use of the mantra. Right, so so, so all kind of, and the other thing is then you can also do something to the mantras called samputita or a fencing of the mantra. So this is interesting. Sometimes you fence a mantra with bij mantras, right? So, uh, uh, or sometimes you fence a bij mantra with other mantras. Or you, you uh, uh, or what's a mantra made out of? A mantra is made out of, of uh, syllables or sounds, right? Uh, letters, we would say, right? They're syllables, really, right? Letters are another step down. Right, Sanskrit is made is, a, is is primarily made of fifty fifty four syllables, right, and they're and in conjunction those syllables. So the mantra itself, what makes up a mantra, is these syllables, right. So by pure by you can purify those syllables themselves. Then those syllables that make the mantra, the from pure syllables comes a pure mantra where the mantra is made out of, right. And those mantra and those syllables they're called matrikas. These are formed of the goddess herself. These are matrika means little mothers, right. The one mother becomes the little mothers. Right, Ma, when she manifests it, she she has her garland of skulls or heads. These are the letters of the alphabet, right? These are the matrikas. The Om is made of these different letters. So, by worshiping those letters, by honoring those letters, by pronouncing those letters properly, that that then they go to make up all sounds, all all thoughts, all sounds, and definitely the mantras. And therefore, when they're pure and they're purified and respected, the mantra be also is purified and respected, right? Also, there's a thing when you yes by chanting the alphabet, you chant the, you chant the alphabet properly. The it says that the matrikas we have these matrikas these these 
the uh, um, uh, 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 also we call them, right? The deities of the letters and the sounds, right? They are, they're in our they're they're dancing in our brain, right? Right, and and but they're all they're drunk and confused and arguing and fighting and and, and trampled, right? So how, what can they do? But if you chant properly. And like that, even just reciting the alphabet properly or just chanting mantras properly, they stand at attention. When they stand at attention, the mind becomes very fixed and clear. You see, if you're I'm, I'm trying to meditate, no meditation comes, no good thought comes. Well, then okay, let's let's try to re let's let's chant Litsasasanam or something like that, some difficult text. You chant immediately, or you chant Veda, Veda mantras. By the end of it, you're you're, you're like your mind's completely different, right? All those deities stood up. Right, you're, 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 that itself is created a type of meditation. You, the month, the sound, the, the the very sounds have been awakened. So similarly, we can purify. Like for for the main mantra of the puja, we is kring, the this bij mantra, right? In this puja, right? According to the deities being worshipped, right? So how do you purify her mantra? You can either take kring and fence the main bij, uh, letters of the alphabet. For instance, krim am krim. Cream um cream um cream cream um cream cream im cream cream im cream you know you can go like this and fence like that so that's why you're using the mantra the beach mantra to 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 give shakti and, and energy and purification for the, the the syllables of the letter that's one method another method is to switch it then you you um um uh, you you fence the beach mantra with the letters of the alphabet um cream um um cream um Im cream im, im cream im, like this, right? That's the other method, right? That's what's used in this particular part of the puja, and this can be done as in a simple form in our daily puja. We do it simply by doing the varnas of the mantra, the the categories, right? The different categories of the Sanskrit. It's it's in it's in different sections. Okay, I'm stopping. Uh, um, so am cream am, kam cream kam, cham cream kam, tam cream tam, tam cream tam, pam cream pam, yam cream yam, sham cream sham. These are the main sections, like this, right? Or you can do it more elaborately with all the, um, uh, um, every letter of the alphabet can be done. That takes longer. So like Durga Puja, Shamakali Puja, we're doing, it, we're doing that form of the, of the thing. The longer, the more elaborate the puja, the more it's done, right? So that's, that's part of Mantra Shuddhi also. So that's, it's a, a, a and sometimes there's different mudras can be done. Sometimes we do it with Yoni Mudra, right? And and um, because from the from the cosmic womb, these sounds are emerging, right? So we're worshiping that womb with the sounds themselves, right? Bringing them back to their source. We're trying to take these sounds to their purest source. So that's actually, if you want, uh, uh, Ganga is always pure. She's always holy, but she's not always clean, right? In Calcutta, and and if she may not, you may not take the water and drink it. You may want, may bathe in it, thinking that will purify you. We know it will purify us because there's other things in it, but the Underneath, independent of all that other stuff that's in the Ganga, that's been thrown in the Ganga and poured in the Ganga, there's also Ganga, right? She's always pure, right? So we that part's purifying, we know, right? But if you go, but it, but if you go to Gangotri, or Gomuk, right? Then the water is cent percent pure, right? If you go to Gomuk, thirty seconds earlier it was ice, <laughs> it goes from ice to water. You can't get cleaner than that, you know, right? So, uh, or higher up you go like this, right? So similarly, by you, you also by 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 doing this, you're by taking the bij mantra and connecting it to the. It comes from the alpha. The alpha comes from Om. This is Ma's primary rupa sound, right? So it's bringing it. You're you're bringing the mantra. You're taking the mantra at its closest, purest form, right? You know, by the end of time, our words here become all polluted, 
right? And jumbled, right? But mantra is very pure speech, right? It's from Saraswati's Veena, Saraswati's crystal uh, mala, Saraswati's Veda. These are all symptoms of, of the of mantra, sound, knowledge that it's very clean. So, so this is also purification of mantra, is to take it at its purest form. And we go from, from the matrikas themselves, you know, the, from Ma's original rupa, from the goddess Saraswati and her Bhagdevatas, her primary uh, rupas. Even in the three, three yantra, very close. There's all these, there's, there's 64 billion devatas in the Sri Chakra mentioned, right? There's many hundreds that are worshipped when we do uh, Navarana Puja. But in the center, close, very close, at the innermost section, are the deities of the alphabet. Right? They're around the first triangle. They're on the, the triangles right outside the first triangle, you could say, right? So literally, they're, they're very close. So by, by worshipping them, by pronouncing them properly, then the mantra, it's a very, it's a very, it's, 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 it's sound, it's consciousness, it's meaning, all the things that mantras are at its most pure, at its most pristine level. Aryom Tatsat. So next week, God willing, we'll continue with the circle of fire and some other level. Yes, tell me. Okay. Yes. So yeah. So that's that, no. That's very no. No. So that's an interesting point. So, so this is this is interesting. So there's different ways of using mantras, right? And some people there's there's people who it's tantric mantra shastra, right? By the power of the mantras, we'll accomplish something, right? Because mantras <laughs> proof, mantras have a power, and we think oh, if you do this mantra properly, you'll get this result, right? There's a the mantra itself is a powerful karma, right? And it has a karma call. It has a, that's why hymns will have this the pulse duty. One who chants the the um, the uh, who chants uh, um, uh, Mahalaspika Stotram three times, one will get the great wealth. When the ego will be destroyed, one will get w w happiness and health, and like this, right? And maybe that's that's really, if you chant it properly, this is the result. That's what the that's what the the authors or the people who gave it us said that. Maybe it's a symbolic. Maybe it's just what it is. Swami Paramananda, he was giving a he talks about a, on in. In, um, he gives an incredibly sublime interpretation of this uh, Shiva Mahimna Stotra. And we get to the Pulse Tutti, right? He says, maybe it's nothing more mystical than, than you get to go to heaven, Lord, live with Lord Shiva, and, and be happy in this life, and have children if you want children. It could be that simple. Because the mantas have a result, right? They have the result. Of like, like it says, this is a very, for those of you who worship Ma, it says in the Kalika Purana, those who say Kalikaye, O Kali, this that one, one month, many mantras have this. The mantras will have this like that. One who says that mantra, right? He says that that uh, uh, the result of that has to come. That seed will have a fruit, right? And the fruit of that, he says that 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 uh, mukti is it will be just in the palm of your hand. And he says what to speak of dharma, artha, and karma. If mukti is already accomplished, right? So we chant that mantra, no mukti, right? Because the fruit, maybe the fruit won't come. Talk or you have a tattooed on your body. This one great. Like that, that uh, you take um, the, uh, you, uh, he said Takur said a seed falls, falls uh, 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 into the gutter of a, not a gutter into the the concrete uh, the, uh, limb or uh, what's that. Ledge of a house, right? So it didn't make if it fell into the earth, it would have become a tree and bared fruit, but it didn't. It fell into the concrete. What to do? But that that con that house, as we all know, nothing survives, right? That house will eventually fall. 
and that seed will get the ground, and then it will, maybe not now, maybe in the future. Maybe this life, if we do sadhana now, we can get it now. Right? But we've been initiated in this life, in one life it will happen, has to happen. Right? So that's the, that the mantras have an effect, they'll have to come. So sometimes we think, oh, if we chant the mantra properly, we'll get the result. Right? And that's probably true. If we chant the mantra, but there's a danger in that because if, we, if you're counting on your proper scientific application of mantra to get the result, then we're in danger because then if we mispronounce the mantra, we won't get the result. Right? If we're using the mantra ma, like for instance, ma, I use this example because it's a, I have a funny or horrifying story about it. Right? Uh, it depends on how you look at it. I took it as a, at least educational. Right? Um, uh, 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 we have a CD called Namakripa. Right, the Kirtan CD from our big puja, very beautiful. I think I, I like it very much. Right in the beginning, at on stage at Kali at the Kali Temple, Om Jamahe, and, and I played it for Swami Omanand Puri, one very nice Swami, like we know in India, one of our heroes in India, uh, and in Ujjain. And he, I played Swamiji with his new CD. We we done. I put it on. I had a little. That time was a Walkman. You know, like, <laughs> on a Walkman, and he goes, "Oh, horrible!" And I go, "I was like, what do you mean horrible?" It says, "You're praying to Shiva to kill you." <laughs> like, oh no, what did I do? He says, Mrityor Muksya Mamritat. Not Mamritat. Mam Amritat means give me immortality. Mamritat means kill me. Wow. Right? <laughs> now, maybe the result of all my, all my problems and struggles in life because I've been mispronouncing, I mispronounced this mantra on the CD. Right? But the thing is that we were enchanting it with, so, oh, the mantra will force Shiva to give this mantra. Shiva cannot disobey this mantra. Right. Maybe it's a case, but that's not what we're chanting. We're chanting it as a praying, Lord Shiva, please bless me. He knows what I mean, and, and I'm, I know what I mean. He knows what I mean. Right, Ma, Lord Shiva, please uh, bless me with the fruit of immortality. Liberate me like a, like a fruit falls from a tree. We have the mood of the mantra, right? And that sentiment is being expressed in the words of the mantra, right? And so that's how we do it. And therefore, at the end of the puja, as you mentioned, vidi hinam kriya hinam mantra hinam jira, or some version, there's four or five versions of this mantra of that time. That means, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, which is also true, right? And I'm not doing it right. Whatever I'm doing, I'm not doing right, right? Mantra hinam, I'm not chanting proper mantras. Vidi hinam, I don't know what I'm kriyana, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing right, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not saying it right, right? That's, we just start with that assumption. <laughs> At least we'll end with that. Maybe we start with the idea we'll try to do it right with proper knowledge and proper mantra. But the end, by the end, we know we're not doing it right, right? And therefore, it says, uh, 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 but being offered because I, I've done it out of devotion, you please, Padipurnam Tadasthimi, you consider it complete. You accept it as if it's complete, right? I, I've done it out of devotion, therefore you accept it the way I meant it. But if you don't do it out of devotion, you're doing it out of out of out of science. This is a science. This month it leaves to this result. This month get that result. You may not get the result, right? And God, God forbid, because then, then, then a mispronunciation means. So if you're doing uh, uh, what they call a uh, 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 kama uh, um, puja was a selfish intent, even a personal bit like we're doing this. I'm doing this sada to get this result, right? Then there's some danger. It should be done properly, very carefully. And sometimes, usually, what happens? People do that. They hire somebody. I know people who are like, oh, there's an astrological thing you need to do in order your husband's in grave danger. You need to, there's something happening and there could be a great accident. So you, you need to do special Mahamritan Jaya heaven and special pujas like that. There's a, there's a Purus Charana Mahamritan Jaya. I know one lady's like, oh, I, I don't have time to do it. I don't know how to do it. I mean, I can chant the mantra, okay. I can, but, I, but the rituals and things, I can't. You know. 
So she, she called around, found a, 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 some pujaris will do it for her, and they did it in the holy place. And she had full faith that, I mean, she also did her own sadhana trying to do, but it was done properly. Because the result of that can also be transferred, it can be done in somebody's name. Same thing, right? right? But, but then she wanted it to be done properly. Because she, on her own, she said, I may not be able to do that sadhana. Right? I myself, I'm praying to Lord Shiva, please save my husband. Right? But this is not praying to Lord Shiva, this is a scientific application of a, to change a karmic result that's in his chart. It was more. It was more dangerous than that. She had to do it very. She was being really careful, right? And 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 uh, uh, and he did in fact have a heart attack. And he, but he didn't survive. <laughs> the heart attack was known that would happen. That's the thing. She, these were to prevent it, right? Sure enough, it did happen. And thank God he survived. Result of the mantras, I don't know, sadhana or not, or just by the miracle of modern medicine, he was able. He was able to survive also. But uh, maybe the mantra led to the right doctor for the miracle of modern medicine. I don't know how it all works, right? <laughs> But that's so that is so I know when 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 um uh when devotee Hare Krishna devotee Bengali gentleman and he says he's on a one man mission right to correct Hare Krishna's pronunciation of the Hare Krishna mantra right <laughs> and so he said because because we, we chant people chant but they chant not carefully right and so it says in the scriptures in the in the Upanishad that one who chants this 16 name mantra 32 syllables then the result the karma pal of that is given right one of the karma pal is liberation for instance, right, in the, in the, in the uh, Lord Brahma is teaching Narada, right? He says, but none of them are chanting the mantra. How will they get the result? Right? And, he's, and then he uses, I stuck in my, my mind, he says, let's say, was what, but I said, but they're doing it with devotion. He says, that has nothing to do with devotion. Devotion, mean, devotion means do it properly. It was a thing, right? You know, I don't believe, but actually, if you sit two and a half hours and mispronounce a mantra, at least you'll, two and a half hours you're thinking of Krishna. It's still meditation. Right? But you're not getting the full benefit of the power of the sound of the mantra. The mantra itself has a power. Right? And he said the example, you could, I still remember this. He says, out of great devotion, you misdial a number, a phone number, again and again. <laughs> your intention is to call the right person, and you have all the right intention, but you don't have the right, you're not dialing the number correctly. <laughs> it stuck in my mind. It's a very interesting point. Made this so part, of, part of, of devotion is learning what the correct number and pronouncing it properly, right? So sometimes people use, oh, it doesn't matter what I do, I'm doing it for devotion, right? I always find that a very interesting thing. That's true, devotion is more important than what you do, but if you have devotion, you do it properly. You try to do it properly, you learn to do it properly, right? People are like, oh, it doesn't matter how I pronounce my mantras, or it doesn't matter what, what I'm doing because God's, I'm doing a devotion. It's like, God doesn't need, God's not lucky to have us. It's so weird, right? <laughs> there's a right way and a wrong way of doing things, you know? There's, I mean, there's not one, there's not just, not, I'm not making this, there's a right and wrong way, but, you know, in anything, part of devotion should be how to, how to do it properly. Not only because we do it, but also the idea, this is another thing we haven't really talked about, the real bhava of puja, right? Why are we doing it? Like, I can give, I, I will give a very complicated, and I have, advanced, complicated knowledge of, the, of what mudras do, right? How they manipulate prana and how they move with chakra and the element and all this. That's very fascinating things, right? But the scripture says the reason we do mudras is to please ma, right? So this does something maybe, and we can say, oh, this is rechanneling this, the, 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 this particular nadi and connected to this nadi and stimulating a muladhar and moving it. I mean, it's doing all It's like moving like a, 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 a switchboard operator, does a, each mudra moves energy in different ways, right? But the bhava is like, why are we doing it? Oh, this is pleasing to, to, to Ma. This pleases her to show these mudras are for her pleasure. So actually everything is done only to her pleasure. And so that means that we should also do it as best we can, 
They're not, we're not even doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for Ma's pleasure. And if we're doing a dance for Ma, let's do it. Let's be trained properly. And of course, Ma will like whatever we're doing. Our little child sing, you know, we, we go to a, um, a class recital, little, little children, you know, like it's, it's, very sweet, you know, Chris, the, Chris, the winter break, or the Christmas recital at school, and you have the, you know, eight, nine years old singing. And in one sense, it's like horrible, mm-hmm. right? But one sense, it's so wonderful, yeah. <laughs> right? And you know, if they keep at it, and if they get training, then that 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 is the seeds of something very beautiful and maybe spectacular, if they're properly trained, right? Then what what the offering can be. But if somebody says no, no, what I, what that person has spent twelve years studying and th- tens of thousands of dollars in, in lessons. And so much, so much uh, austerity, so much, so much um, um, uh, 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 training and, and sacrifice. That what I do is the same because I do it out of my own expression. That's it's hard to. I have a hard time. People make. I hear these things all the time. I have a hard time hearing those things, right? No, it's true. Your expression is devotion. Great, right? But proper training, proper knowledge, proper proper doing is very impressive. Right and 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 uh, it counts for a lot, you know. We sing, we do kirtan, we're doing our devotion with limited training, right? But once in a while, we have people. There's also people who have training but don't do it out of devotion. They do it out of out of profession. Then we we can at least appreciate the training, right? But those who out of who years of of training, of sacrifice and like that, for devotion, that's very impressive, and you see the culture, the the power of that is is quite incredible, you know. So anyway, that's a long. You know, now we fish. it's your fault. I was I was on time. <laughs> you know I can't answer simply the problem. How do you want to touch that?